G'day, I'm Darcy Vessio. Today on Cutting Oranges, I'll be chatting with Sal Rees. Sal is a true trailblazer of women's footy and has been in and amongst it for over 30 years. She started playing in the 90s and made national news when she nominated herself for the AFL draft in 1995. I can't wait to share Sal's story with you. Let's dive in. Vale footballer has made AFL history becoming the first woman ever to nominate for the national draft. A suspicious AFL initially thought the application was a joke, but as Sally Moore reports, the league is obliged to accept the nomination. Sal, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me along. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump right in. Um, no time for the chit chat. Oh, a lot of time for chit chat, but not no time for small talk. Um, when we talk about the legends of footy, um, we often talk about, you know, your Jan Coopers, your Hardimans, Hampsons, McFerrins and Lee. Um, but there's one name that really fills um, me with warmth and excitement when I hear it, um, a brave and daring woman by the name of Sal Rees. And today we're going to dip into your story um, and I'm really honoured that you agreed to come on and, and have a little chat about where you've come from and where you're at now. Thank you. And yeah, I honestly cannot wait for people to learn more about your tale um, and for more people to think of salaries when those names um, pop up in Convo. So we're going to dive straight in. Um, in 1995, you did something that is remarkable, um, something that had never been done by a woman before, and that was that you nominated yourself in the AFL draft, um, can you take me back to that time and sort of what led you into making that um, that bold decision? So um, it was the mid-90s and I'd been playing football for five years. Um, back then, women's football looked totally different to how it, how it does look now. Uh, we really struggled to get any kind of publicity uh, there was a lot of articles in the media were quite negative um, and generally people's um, concept of women's football was women shouldn't be playing football. Um, we love playing football. Uh, we, we worked hard on our skills and our fitness. Um, and I just, with the draft coming up, I thought I'm going to nominate for this just to put it out there. So I, um, I sent off the nomination form uh, by post back then. We didn't use emails very much at all. <laughs> um, so I sent off the form and um, then I got a... I thought nothing more of it. I thought nothing was going to happen from it until I got a... It was a phone call from Channel 7. And then it just, yeah, it hit the media and it was crazy. So it really blew up at that moment once uh, the media caught wind of what you were what you were doing. Yeah, it. Um, so Channel Seven came out and they did a um, did a story and they put it on the on the news. And it, if people haven't seen it, I think we're going to play a bit. But it's one of the best clips <laughs> on the news I've ever seen. When I first saw it, I could not believe it. I was like, "This is gold!" Like every part of it. 
just how casual you are. Um, you were working at a petrol station at the time, so it's got yep. you on the pumps waiting for your nomination um, to, to like hear about whether you've been drafted or not. It's yep. unreal. Sally Rees has been a Fairfield Falcon for five years. Now she wants to be a Hawk. The 29-year-old footballer is the first woman in league history to nominate for the draft. The main reason why I did it was just to see what reaction there would be and how far I'll get with the nomination. <laughs> it's unreal. Like I, Yeah, everyone has to watch it. So in doing that, um, did you really think about um, the fact that it would be picked up by media or, or what sort of message you were sending to people? The message was that women do play football and that we needed to be heard um, and to be taken seriously as well. Mm. Um, so that, the whole story, it just started off uh, a huge discussion around women and, and what their place was in, in football. Um, we, we were players and we saw our place as being players and, mm. and just wanting to expand on the game and, and get that bit of recognition that, yes, women can play football and if women and girls put their mind to something, they can they can do it and they need to try and just push on and, and get through all those barriers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and from that moment, I think um, the nomination actually led to the AFL changing the rule that it, because before that it didn't specify whether it was men or women, um, I guess, um, only. to So, like, you actually led to a rule change in that area. Yeah, yeah, it was um it was quite a shock that that was the case um because I I didn't know what the rules were. Um I don't think anyone would have thought, you know, what other rules can women nominate? It was just nothing, but then um yeah, they quickly changed it. And were you always that um player in the team who would stand up for things? Like were you at the time were your teammates sort of um, were there other teammates who had thought of doing the same thing or had you planned it together or was it just sort of you just thought of, thought about it one night and thought, I'm going to do it? It was pretty much I just thought about it one night and did it and um, before I knew it, it was it just yeah, totally blew up. Yeah. It's unreal. Uh, yeah, I love that so much. I think, um, yeah, it was certainly a brave and bold and courageous move and something that... Um, yeah, I, I'm sure it did change the trajectory of women's football from that moment. So that's awesome. Um, how did you even find yourself in footy? Like, take me back to that. Okay, so um, I spent my primary school days living in Mallacoota and um, uh, football wasn't wasn't the big sport there. It was soccer. Uh, but my, my parents, my mum in particular... Um, loved VFL football it was back then um huge cult supporter um yeah so primary school years girls weren't even playing soccer my brother played soccer in the local soccer team um and I played softball and then we moved to Melbourne I was halfway through grade six um but I think that even in those primary school school days, I remember um, rolling up a, a big pair of socks and kicking it down the passageway. Um, I just love football and really hadn't even seen a game of it. Mm. So you were just drawn to the actual 
the art of playing football, not from watching it or anything, yeah. just the, f- the physicality of it. Because like, I often feel that too. Like I, I think there's no other sort of um, environment where a, a little girl gets to do that with her body and, and feel um, everything that football puts you through. So, yeah, Absolutely. And I remember I... So I, I was at um, a new primary school halfway through grade six and I remember, I will never forget, I won't mention the teacher's name, but um, <laughs> I kicked a football and it went through the window of um, one of the classrooms and I got a whack across the back of the head and was told girls can't kick footballs and shouldn't be kicking them. So, yeah. right. so that's, that's how that all started off. And, um, and yeah, I just, um, I had a little... Way back in the 70s, you wouldn't probably have never seen these, but they were hard brown plastic footballs. That That's the only football people had back then. Mm. They used to, you'd kick them and you'd nearly break your toe with them. But, um, yeah, we just used to kick around that in the backyard and, mm. yeah. Yeah, so you, throughout childhood, you just sort of played, had a kick around. Yeah. You were drawn to the game. Yeah. When did you, I guess... Did you find a, a women's team or did you create your own women's team? So um, I was fortunate enough during high school to play um, for a few years. We had a schoolgirls team. Um, we'd only play, oh, that was for about three years and it was only two other schools. Um, and then it wasn't until I was 23 when I found out there was an actual women's football league. Mm. And, um, I think I was the same age too, to be honest, when I came down to <laughs> Melbourne. Yeah, sorry, go on. Wow. So, um, yeah, because it, it just wasn't spoken about. And um, back in 1990, there wasn't Facebook, so it was all word of mouth about, you know, what was happening. And um, and there was a, a group of us that um, got together and um, started or took over, sort of, the Fairfield Falcons. They had a, a women's team and there was only one player left from 1989 and we joined there and um, kicked off the Fairfield Falcons. Unreal. And yeah. and can you tell me a bit about what it was like playing back then? Like, I, I think, like, not just your team, but what it actually felt like. You talked a little bit about sort of the negative media and that sort of thing. Um, so was it something that you almost did in secret or something you wouldn't really openly talk about at work or... It it wasn't really openly spoken about and I remember that... And one thing I regret doing was um, initially telling my, my mum I was the water runner for a women's football team. And she knew that I was <laughs> lying. <laughs> yeah. um, but, um, but what was great is mum and dad used to come and watch the games and they, they really enjoyed it. But um, it was... It was it was kept fairly quiet. It wasn't just because people just judgmental and just the negative comments that you would get from it. Mm. But I think, you know, even that that first pre-season, just training two nights a week was just unbelievable because it was like, wow, part of a footy team. You know, we're going to play our first season. Um, it was just amazing. It was so good. And was that your first experience in, I guess, a team sport? No, I played um, cricket. I played club cricket from the age of 14. So I was involved in a, um, a women's cricket club. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, it was it was just great to finally get um, be involved with a, a women's footy club. 
And what sort of player were you? Um, I started off at down in the back line, um, and, and we because we were a um, fairly new, fairly new team, um, inexperienced. I was pretty busy in the back line because mm-hmm. we would get that many goals kicked against us, but that was okay. So started off in the back and then slowly moved up and ended up forward pocket when I finished up playing. Yeah, right. And w- and was that the, um, I guess, the top league? Were you playing in, in Victoria? Yeah, so it was um, the Victorian Women's Football League and I'm pretty sure when I started in 1990 there were only four clubs. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Yeah, so you yep. played them a fair few times yep. throughout the season. Yeah. And you, I'm guessing you knew everyone who played. Yeah, we knew. Um, and even even today I've still got really good friendships with those from those first years that from other clubs, which mm-hmm. has been fantastic because it was a really good opportunity to, um, you know, network, create friendships and, and and they've become, you know, lifelong friends as well as teammates. So, yeah. And I guess how did you feel, um, I guess, being part of a footy team? Like, because I can imagine, like for me playing now, like, the, like I love um, the sense of belonging it brings and um, I think there are still... Um, I guess, some negative media and that sort of thing. But what did being part of a football team in the 90s mean to you as a woman? It, um, it really meant a lot. And it, um, the benefit that, that I got from being involved with the team and with the club was just, I think it, um, it's sort of, yeah, you, you never lose that, um, you know, friendships that you form, just the support that you give each other. Um, you know, people go through rough times, you're there to support them. Um, and then when I've been through rough times, you know, they're always the first to, to jump in and support me. So, yeah, it was, um, it was really good. And it was great to be, be part of that, um, that group. You know, we'd catch up, uh, I think it was uh, Tuesday and no, Wednesday and Friday nights were training. So we'd catch up for training. We'd usually go out. On the Wednesday night, and the Friday night we'd stay back at the rooms, and then um, game day. After the game, it didn't matter who you were playing, but you'd always go back someone's house from the opposition and and just network and have a few drinks and a few laughs. Yeah, yeah it was good. Yeah, it sounds like a yeah, just an awesome environment to be part of. It was. It was great. And, and did you have? Um, did many people come and watch your games? We um we had a the Falcons did tend to get a bit of a gathering that would come along. Um, I remember the very first year um, there was a a group of um, there was a band. They were called Nice Girls Don't Spit, <laughs> and they were an awesome band. And they actually wrote the Falcons um, club song. Oh wow! But um, they formed. They were very proud. They called themselves the Ladies Auxiliary. Um, I think it was just a, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a, a take on the other football clubs. Um, yeah, so they were always there. But yeah, we did, we had a really good support base. It was good, and we had parents would come along, um, and a lot of the um, you know just neighbours that lived near the, where our ground was. So mm-hmm. we got a good following. Yeah, it's awesome. I love that 
that band name as well. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what were you doing with yourself outside of footy? Uh, back then I was um, so I was working at the service station pumping petrol, which was that was a fun job. I like that. Um, and then I actually got uh, Kerry Saunders, who was um, she played with the East Brunswick Scorpions back then. Um, she got me a job at um, she owned a radiator place, and she got me a job there. And I was doing the car air conditioning for that company. So, you know, the contacts you're getting football got mm. me work, um, and and then. Again, through the football club, I had a, um, a job. Uh, so Trish Riddell, she worked at a fence and gate finning company. Mm. I worked with her for a few years. Um, and then I finally got into uh, working in homelessness services, which I'm still there now. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess that's one of the best things that um, comes with being part of a football club. It's the the network and, and the support network. But all the opportunities that come from just spending time with 20 or 30 other people like you get to know each other so well and everyone knows about different things works in different industries um and it's yeah I think it's amazing that so many more women and girls are exposed to that sort of environment where you can support other people and and take them to different places too yeah for sure yeah, yeah. It's no, amazing. that's great um so I guess I see women's and men's footy as coming from almost opposite sides of the spectrum. Um, footy is a rite of passage for men and boys, almost expected that you'd be part of it growing up. And for women and girls, um, a lot of the time it's an act of rebellion um, and clear that, you know, if you're part of footy, you don't really care what society might think of you um, and, you know, you're proud of that and it doesn't make you shrink. Um I don't necessarily think that, you know, gay women are good at footy, um, but I think that openly gay women um, already feel comfortable being something that society might not necessarily understand yet um, or push away from. So I wanted to know your thoughts on that. Yeah. I think you're absolutely spot on there. I think that, um, yeah, gay women have, you know, over the years have had to fight hard Um in all in all parts of their lives, and I think that the fact that they're playing football is is just a one small part of that, um, because they're you know you've got the the negativity and you're surrounded by that growing up, mm. and I think that when it comes to you know like playing football, you've gone through all of that, and it's like no, nah, we're here to play football, mm. and and you just take that on, and. Um, you know, you're going to have your knockers out there, but, yeah. you know, you just, yeah, you, you can't even, can't even, um, can't give them air time. It's, yeah. um, you know, and every now and then, you know, in, on Facebook, you'll see there'll be an article, I was just one recently where I made a comment where there were some de derogatory comments being made in regards to someone's sexuality. And um, I put a post there, a reply, um, pretty much um, just stating that you need to have a think about young people are reading this mm. and the negative impact that it has on them. Mm. And, um, you know, I copped it left, right and centre, but I didn't care. Mm. 
so I can and you know you all, I'll always speak up. Um, but I think you're right with um, you know gay women have they've they've had struggles they've had to get through a lot to become confident and and to be um, just be out there and own it. And from what I understand and from what I've seen, like women's footy has always been that safe space for people to come, whether you're gay or straight. Um, it doesn't matter. Like you're here to be part of something bigger than that. And um, I think before I had been to a women's footy club, I don't think I'd truly ever been in an environment where it truly didn't matter how you identified and I think it can be quite freeing for a lot of people to step into that and to feel what it's like to be in that space. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I really like what you said about the comments, I think, um, uh, because I know a lot of people say, look, just ignore it, brush it off. Um, You know, if people are going to write negative things, just ignore them. but I often think if that comment's just sitting there unanswered, um, social media is available for people of all ages. But if you've got a young person sitting there, you know, they don't have the thick skin that we have. Um, yeah. And if that comment is just sat there, it can have a real impact. So, yeah, thank you for standing up on the comments. Even I know sometimes it can take a toll and it can be uncomfortable, but it's worth doing for the younger people for sure. Yeah, and I think that, um, and you're spot on there, if you do see those comments, you've, you've got to make a stand mm. um, because, you know, young people, you know, they go through their struggles um, but they need to know that, you know, they've got support out there. Yeah, just to see that comment right next to that negative one and to be able to say, well, that person completely disagrees and that yeah. person thinks that I'm pretty great, like... Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's really important. I wanted to ask um, how you felt uh, being at the first AFLW game because uh-huh. I think you were you I were there, there on the night. Third of Feb, twenty seventeen. That's it. <laughs> I want to know. I want to. I want you to talk me through it. How yeah. you, how you were feeling? I usually. Sorry if I tear up, but yeah, whenever I talk about that game, it just um, yeah, it just sets off so much. Um, I almost didn't make it into the ground because I was humming and ahhing whether I'd I'd go to the game, and I thought, no, I've got to go. I've got to go and see this. So um, I think the game started at seven thirty, perhaps, yeah. and um, traffic was really bad down Sydney Road. So I was <laughs> I was running a bit late, and I think I got in the gates about five minutes before they closed the gates. Um, had I not have gotten in, I would have found a way, you know, me, Darcy, <laughs> I would have found a way to get in, scale the wall. Um, but just to see the women run out onto the ground was unbelievable. Um, see, I'm getting emotional now, and a lot of people do. Um, and there were, you know, women that I'd, I'd played football with that I'd known over the years, tears down their cheeks. But it was just... Um, it was something that we would never have imagined would, would have happened. So it was awesome. And you guys won too, so that was pretty good. Yeah, that, yeah, that was a good, a good part of it. But, yeah, yeah I think it's, um, it's very special to 
think about people like yourself who were who were there on the day and what it meant because I think it meant something different to everyone but especially to the women who have been part of women's footy for a long time and have slogged it out and continued to push their way through when yeah. every door was locked. Yeah. And it, it was it was such an amazing like just to see the teams run out and you see young girls with you know Carlton football jumpers on, Collingwood jumpers on, and it was like most of those young girls possibly hadn't seen a game of women's football before. And 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 all those players that night, you got so many girls into wanting to play football and knowing that they had a pathway, mm. and if they wanted to, they can play a AFLW. And that's the thing. You just want young girls to have the choice. You don't, sure. you don't have to play footy. I recommend it. <laughs> but to know that you have the choice is the biggest thing. Yeah, that's yeah exactly right. Spot on. Um, so I think I was going to ask you next. So you think things have well and truly changed from when you started playing? Totally changed. Um, even just the resources that the, um, the women's team have, have now... Um, you know, the um, the coaching staff that the clubs have, and that's um, you've got your AFLW as well as your local your local leagues as well. Um, you know, um, it's a lot it's a lot more professional um, than it was when we were playing. You know, we used to have to struggle to get someone to hold the flags up. You know, mm. at the go- in the goals. Um, yeah, so. I just think the the amount of people that are now involved and wanting to be involved and and just the support that the players women players get now it's it's amazing it's totally changed I'm glad to hear that <laughs> and hopefully it continues to grow oh for sure for sure um I've got also a question without notice so yep. I could have um prepped you earlier um but it, I need to ask you, as someone who has been part of women's footy for a lot longer than most, um, who do you think the league best and fairest medal should be named after? Oh, that's a tough one. It is hard because... That's a real tough one. A lot of people say, um, you know, Erin Phillips, because obviously she's had a a big impact on AFLW in the current day, but um, I think the Brownlow medal is named after... Chaz Brownlow, who was an administrator, or mostly known as an in administrator in the men's league, so someone who worked behind the scenes a long time ago. Um, yeah, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. There would be so many women whose name would, would come into my head. You know, we're talking about, you know, back from when I was playing, you had Bernie Marantelli, Lisa Hardiman, Debbie Lee, mm. Kerry Saunders... You had all of those um, those players. Um, then you've got your, your current players now who all would be worthy of it, I think. Um, but maybe we need to have a look at something a bit different. Mm. I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. It's a real tough one. Mm. Yeah, I think whenever this conversation comes up, I'm, I'm just not sure the right people have been asked and I thought you would be a good person um, to hear that perspective from just because you know so many more people. Yeah. I feel like I only know like a little ring 
of women who I think would be in that realm. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, it makes it it's it would be a really hard choice because there've been so many women over you know the last 30 odd years that have um have done so much for women's football. Mm. Um then you've also got you know the women who are playing now that are doing amazing things. Mm. Um yeah, it's a tough one. Mm. It's a tough one. Yeah. Interesting. Well, maybe I'll have to ask you in a few few years time and see see if something You've thought of someone. I will, and and if, if I think of anyone, I'll give you a call. Shoot it through, know. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Jump on Facebook and absolutely. shoot it through. <laughs> I'll let you know who it is, yeah. But no, there'd be so many that you would, yeah. And you wouldn't want to name it. Yeah, you, you can't, yeah, just one person, I think, would be, mm. yeah. Might be a, to, named after a couple of people or. Could be, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a tough one. Mm, I'm sure, I'm sure they've got a committee working hard to figure out someone. Yes. And lastly, I was going to ask where you see women's footy going in the future. Oh, I see it um, just getting bigger. It's um, it's possibly slowed down because of the forced um, break with with COVID. Um, and hopefully club club footy just continues to grow and you know we've got girls are playing you know under eights all the way through now um i think the aflw over the next few years we can hopefully have a few more teams will come in um hopefully we don't never go back to the conference system um well and that's a salaries request definitely AFL that, are yes, hearing it now yes. that's a Yes, no Concrete. conference. Um, <laughs> and I think this season there's nine rounds. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I think that um, it'd be great to have a longer season. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be also, I think the other thing as well is that um, uh, the players playing AFLW now, um, you know, they sacrifice a lot to, to play at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, let's make the season longer. Yeah, and why do you think that's important? Because players have have invested so much into this game, so that you know people like me can come and come and watch. Mm. And we need to let's make it a longer competition. Let's acknowledge those players that you know they they train twelve months of the year mm. to play nine rounds and finals is yeah it's got to be longer than that because you put so much into it yeah and that means we get to see you playing football more more times yeah which is great yeah that's true i well i think the footy only gets better as the season gets longer so the bigger that window is giving girls the opportunity to perform and to build into form the better the footy will be i i still I confidently think that the best footy has not been seen yet because as we start to peak, um, the season sort of ends. So I think yep. once that season extends that little bit, I think the footy will be incredible. Yeah, for sure. It will be. Looking forward to it. Yeah, can't wait. Um, Sal, thank you so much for coming and chatting to me. Um 
you're a huge inspiration, I think, to women's football. And I hope that just having this little chat today, more people will understand the things that you've done to bring our game uh, to where it is today. So from me to you, thank you. And from the rest of the women's footy community, thank you. Thank you.